you were very well served by, by Garth's uh, message last Sunday. Heard good things about it. And I'm sure that in some ways you're already missing Gary and Kim. And, and uh, they likely are missing you too. But uh, they're probably also enjoying their, their uh, sabbatical very much. And so we look forward to when they get back. And uh, things will be really great when they do. Uh, I want to thank all of you. I meet some of you on the street. Uh, even this past week, I met someone in a restaurant and in church. And your uh, warmth, uh, the love that you've shown to us as we've come together, has just been been quite something. My wife is very thankful for the affirmation and and the things that you're providing to us and making us feel so at home. There's another group of people I'd like to talk to this morning before I move into my message. That sometimes we have people, and, and you may be one of those, that is here today checking out Christianity. Well, that's good. We're very glad you're, you're here. Come with your questions. Uh, maybe some of you are returning to the faith of your childhood, or, or you used to attend, and you're back again, and uh, you're trying out church again. Great, we're glad that you're here this morning as well. Uh, some of you might not be sure about God, and you're hoping to maybe find some answers at this church. Well, we want to welcome all of you here this morning. You're all welcome with your doubts, with your questions, and uh, we pray that God is going to reveal himself to you and answer some of those questions that you have. And we're so glad you're here this morning. If you, any of you have questions after I preach, you can talk to me after the service or you can come by on Tuesdays. I'm usually in the office, so you can talk to me then if you would like. Um, so let's grab our Bibles or your Bible apps and, uh, get, and find Philippians chapter 2. <clears throat> you will notice that we are skipping uh, uh, several verses uh, this morning, uh, first 11 verses. That you will have to wait. We're going to deal with that on Good Friday. But uh, we're moving right along to uh, verse 12 to 18 this morning. And before we move any further, let's just bow in a word of prayer. Lord, we come to you this morning and we thank you that uh, you are a great God, that you have given us your word, that you have intended that we would study it, that you have uh, given us the opportunity to grow by it and to live for you and to answer questions that are easier or difficult. And we just thank you, Lord, that we can study your word again this morning. May uh, it be you in your word that is prominent. In your name we pray. Amen. Uh, some of you have been asking how long I have been preaching. Well, uh, if you see this picture, you will realize I started very young. Uh, I'm not quite sure how old I was at the time, but uh, no. You can take your guess. It's not me. But uh, <laughs> I wanted to share a bit of a humorous thing this morning. And I'll get, there will be a reason for it. And uh, often there isn't, but uh, this time there, there's. Um. Over the years of ministry, I have learned that there are certain things you never hear from church and in church. Things like, hey, it's my turn to sit in the front row. <laughs> or, Pastor, I was so enthralled with your sermon, I did not even notice that you went 25 minutes over time. 
or I volunteer to be the permanent teacher for the junior high Sunday school class. <laughs> and to all junior highs here, I love you. I love you in the Lord. You're great people. I had people, children that age at one time. You are, you are great. You're challenging. Your uh, tension span is very short, and it's just great. But I want to ask you a question this morning. This is where I was leading to. Is it all right to laugh in church? Amen. Apparently it is in this church because it started long before I got up here. <laughs> I want to tell you this morning that, that the Bible would tell us that it is okay and it also even encourages us to be joyful and happy as a church. Right? I think that should be an amen, right? Amen. Yeah, yeah, that's... Exactly. In, the, in Paul's letter here to the Philippians, Paul not only says, do things without grumbling or complaining, but he also gives the positive counterpart in 2.18 where he says, you should be glad and rejoice. Amen. So, not only does the Bible encourage an attitude of joy and of happiness in the church, I believe Paul is telling us that one of the ways we obey God is by being joyful. And let me show you how he does this. Um, if you turn in your Bible or if your, your Bible app, you slip, uh, move back to verse uh, chapter 1, verse 27. You see, these verses from 27 all the way through 2.18, they are pa a passage that has a common theme. And it is given to us in verse 27. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. And then he, Paul sets out three ways in which we can do that. How we can live our lives worthy of the gospel. And in verses 27 to 30, he talks about that we should live a life worthy of the gospel through being united. Being, being unified. Then in the first 11 verses that we're not dealing with today... Paul talks about the fact that we should be worthy of the gospel through uh, taking on a humble uh, attitude and spirit as exemplified by Christ. And then, and now, in this passage this morning, 12 to 18, Paul challenges the Philippians and he challenges us to live worthy of the gospel through joy. Isn't that good? That is very good. Well, while we're not dealing with the verses 1 through 11 this morning, I do want to, us to look at the first couple of, uh, uh, sorry, uh, verses 1 through 2, there, because there's something we pick up there that helps us in understanding 12 through 18. Because when you see verses 1 and 2, you will see there that Paul is putting a certain order to the way he brings out things. He, he wants to talk to them about uh, the uh, importance of humility, but he first reminds them who they are in Christ Jesus. The grace comes before the command or the obedience. So he says, so if there is any encouragement in Christ, so he starts with, we have a relationship in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. So, okay, so you see the order he does things there. Very important. It's really much 
easier to handle, right? When, when we are reminded of the grace and the, the relationship we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if you go to verse 12 and 13, be, uh, before Paul talks about uh, the importance of being joy-filled and not grumbling in terms of our attitude, before he gets into who we are again, uh, about the grace, he reminds us of the grace of God. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to the work of his good pleasure. So how does Paul bring this together? We are, to, we are called, he says, to work out our salvation. Paul begins his final push in terms of, of, of living a life worthy of the gospel by calling us, calling the Philippians and calling us to work out their salvation, work out our salvation. This has very likely to be one of the most misunderstood verses of Scripture in the entire Bible. Uh, many people believe, as a result of reading this Scripture, and based on this Scripture, they believe that God saves us if we do our part. They would say, after all, doesn't Paul say to work out your salvation? That sounds kind of like earning for something. But the context doesn't allow us to interpret 12 that way. In verse 13, we are informed there, he makes it clear that the gospel saves us because of what God has done for us. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. He, he doesn't say that we are to uh, work for our salvation. He doesn't say we, we should work towards our salvation. He doesn't say to keep on striving for, for your salvation. No, he says work, uh, work it out. How does the message, this message of Jesus, impact our personal lives. Well, Paul says, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence. He is saying, I am not always going to be there. He, in fact, right then, he was not there. These were his, in a way, spiritual children. And he was saying, I'm not always going to be there, but keep on striving in your faith or at your faith. Uh, when I was a boy, we had, well, there were four of us. Garth knows what that's all about. Growing up with boys, I think girls are just as capable of this, but uh, in this case, it was uh, boys. Um, if mom and dad would leave, they'd give strict orders. You know, you gotta do your homework, you gotta do this, and you gotta do that, and it has to all be done, and you gotta clean the bathroom and everything before we get back. And the second the, 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 the car would drive off the driveway, Books were thrown aside, uh, you know, cleaning materials were thrown somewhere, and it was party time. And we had this great time, but then just, just when we heard or saw the lights arriving on our driveway, 
wow, it was red alarm alert and got those books out and we got rustling and hustling and getting everything done so that when they walked into the room, they were just like, wow, you did exactly what we said you were supposed to do. Well, Paul is saying to the Philippians, don't be like those younger boys. Act like you're saved whether I'm there or not. <laughs> yeah. With fear and trembling, Paul says, doesn't that mean that we should be afraid of him coming home? That's sort of what you kind of pick up there. If, if he's talking about his concern that they keep on following the Lord when he's not there, then this fear and trembling must have something to do with, well, you should be afraid because I might come home. Uh, I don't think that's really what's going on here. Uh, so what he's saying here is that we need to... Uh, <clears throat> not to have fear, we should not have fear and trembling at another person, a pastor or an elder. Uh, you know, I remember the... Uh, the stories of many folk in the more traditional churches and so on, they, they really feared when the minister would, would visit or when, they, when the elders would come over. They were really afraid because surely the only time they would come and visit was when they had transgressed somewhere. But what I think Paul is talking about rather here is that we should have a proper respect for God that uh, we have this relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and we need to show respect to him in how we live our life. And we'll get into that exactly what aspect of it that he's driving at here. But for now, let's just pick up on that. Wherever we find ourselves placed, we are called to continue working out what it means to be saved by Jesus Christ. But is the fear of God our only motivation? No. We, we also have confidence because God is working in us. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Now this is the grace part. We're supposed to work our salvation out, but the good news is that God is working it in, into us. So what is God's purpose in working in us? It is whatever he desires whatever brings him pleasure. And God's desire always is what is going to be best for us. How do I know that? Well, James chapter 1 and verse 17 tells us that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. And Romans 8, 28 tells us, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. That is what God's desire is. That is what brings him pleasure. For good, Paul says in 8, uh, 28. What exactly is uh, the good God is doing? Whatever makes us more like if you carry on in that passage in Romans 8, he goes on. And he says, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. That is his purpose. That's why he works in your life. 
That is why he wants you to continue pursuing the Lord and your relationship with the Lord and growing in it and continuing in it, whether you have the support networks there or you have a lonely period in your life or a time when you can't be at church or whether whatever it is, that is why he wants you to pursue this is so that you might become more like Christ, that you as Steinbeck EMC Church would more accurately reflect Jesus Christ. So we obey Jesus, living humbly, unitedly, joyfully, because God is working in us to make us more like Christ. And one day, he is going to finish the job in glory. That's what Romans 8.29 says. And whom he justified, he also glorified. Well, now in the last verses, we've, we've talked about we are to live worthy of the gospel. And in the last five verses, he talks about how we can, not only that we should obey, but that, we, with, that how we should obey. In verse 14, do all things without grumbling and disputing. We all know what grumbling is. It's complaining. It's sighing and dragging your feet at something. It's telling others what, when, how you don't like it when some decision is made that you don't agree with. It's having a bad attitude. And Paul is addressing this, and he's saying, we need to have, uh, he's addressing the heart attitude of the believer. Because outwardly, we can be the, uh, the most beautiful and the most obedient go-getter church people outwardly. But oh boy, inside, inside, there, there can be this, this constantly complaining and resentful attitude that doesn't honor God. And so Paul is, is compelling the Philippians and, and exhorting them, and he exhorts us the same way, that we should obey God with happy hearts. That there should be a joy in obeying God. That joyful living and uh, supportive living and, and a positive attitude is an act of obedience that we do for God. But joy can be hard to do sometimes. Joy is hard to find sometimes. And in the remaining verses, I think we find 